Hey guys, it's Bo, and this episode of the Rhythm Pyro Podcast is brought to you by Craig Co. Company Racks and my brand new One Shot Balls. Now, before you let your imagination run wild with that one, allow me to unpack it, if I may. AJ, Jamie, and I are huge connoisseurs of the modern single shot effect, and there's not a more reliable and configurable single shot rack on the market than the Craig Co. Mincom. Pair up any Mincom rack with my latest effect holder, the One Shot Ball, and you've got an inexpensive effect securing solution that allows you to hold single shot calibers ranging from a 22 millimeter all the way up to a 40 millimeter with a single holder. So stop stressing about spending hours whacking different diameters of pool noodle from your local Dollar General and save it for the fat kids and the old people at the YMCA. Head over to craigco.co, that's C-R-A-I-G-C-O dot C-O for your made in the USA Mincom racks and Bozy8823, B-O-Z-I-E 8823.com for my one-shot balls. Because unlike the other guys, these are American-made racks with balls. Oh, my God. Are you two going to start acting like this? What are you talking? You're talking to cats, right? I thought he was talking to us. I'm like, what do we say? As far as things that we do, I don't think that was all that bad. (laughs) Like, this is going pretty well, actually. (laughs) It's the vocal conversations. They're fine. It's when it gets in text message. It's a whole different thing. It's complete. My words are read completely wrong. (laughs) Or are they? I could probably be nicer to you in text messages. No, I like, but I won't be. Welcome to the Rhythm Pyro Podcast. We're Brosie, AJ, and Jamie. Ignite your passion for pyromusical show design while testing the very limits of your capacity for stupid. It's that part's never going to get old. Part's never going to get old. Katie, when she read this, when she read the script, she's like, she kind of chuckled for a minute and she's like, you want, you want me to say that? I said, of course I want you to say it. She, and then she just laughed. She's like, yeah, that, it's, that's you guys in a nutshell. <laughs> Stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, let, me see I, let me see if I can channel my hunger games. Hold on. <clears throat> what the hell? Amber says I, <laughs> Amber says I, I laugh like when, she says it's only when I talk to Bo on the phone, which I don't really understand. She says I sound like the guy from Hunger Games when I laugh. <sighs> I just I pull it right out of you. I don't think I do though. That's the weird part. Oh, uh, you I, sounded just like it. I could probably save what you just did as a sound snippet, and people will go, oh, "I love that Hunger Games." Well, but I, I did it on purpose. I don't think I sound like that when I actually laugh. That took work. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, gang, to the Rhythm Pyro Podcast. I'm Bo. That's AJ. Hola. That's Jamie. What's going on? We are hobbyists and semi-pro show designers. We're huge aficionados of the modern pyro musical. This podcast is a place where we can get together, talk shop, talk art, share tips, tricks, and uh, some news and uh, insights. 
with you. Slightly derail. (laughs) But that's okay uh, because we don't care. We're freaks. (laughs) 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 We are going to talk about pre-fire times today. Uh, Last episode, we did workflow and that's so high level that uh, we wanted to do something that was hyper specific today. So I figured we would talk about uh, pre-fire times. How do you guys feel about that? What do you mean by pre-fire times? uh, Yeah, I guess technically we got to get the definition of it. To somebody who hasn't done pyro musicals before, getting super basic. Um, Pre-fire time, we're describing the time that it takes for your effect to come to fruition, right? Um, For a shell, uh, it's how much time comes before the shell breaks. Defining that pre-fire time inside your software or for your effect really depends on the context of the effect. What is the effect and uh, what part of the effect are you trying to emphasize? Ultimately, it, it comes down to the product and the year it was made and batch by batch on on everything. So you can go off of a general number if you if you're just want a general you know show, but if you really want to dive into it, you really need to test the product that you're actually using, record it, and set up your pre-fire times based on what that product is actually performing at because they're not all going to be 100% online year to year. On top of that, the shells and the comets, if you've got a shell with a comet tail or a mine, it may be dependent on how you're scripting your shell. Okay, I want to enunciate the tails coming up on the shell before the shell. That's just going to be an after effect. Then, yeah, I might want a point two fire time or a zero, depending on how the tail actually begins igniting. Um, or I may want a one point nine one second, you know, pre fire time or a lift time to enunciate the shell. It just depends on how you're scripting. You and you may even want the middle of the of the of a comet to be the enunciation of your pre-fire time and and the segment. So you may move it on the timeline. So ultimately it's going to depend on, you know, where you're trying to enunciate the actual effect itself. Yeah, the mine, the comet or the break, pretty much. If you can get a hold of this product beforehand, right? And just have some extras left over so you can run a sample batch and See if you can get an average of uh, lift times, you know, cakes or shells, what have you. Get lift times, get averages on those, right? Same thing with with one shots, right? You figure out what your batch burn times are and things like that. A lot of the work that I've done in shows has been, I'll base a lot on videos, right? I mean, obviously anybody's going to be out watching a ton of videos, especially if you're doing scripted work to try to get a feel for the product that you're selecting for a different segment of a show. The videos might not be reflective of the things that you're selecting, or it could be. You see a lot of videos that are, what, five, 10 years old. I think you guys have been cursed a little more than I have with the <laughs> product. I mean, you had that, the, what was that? Meteor I- Storm. You you guys have been bitten by that bug a lot harder than I have. Um, I've never felt like I was in a spot where I watched a video or a a series of videos and then I got a product and it just performed so far out from what I witnessed in the videos that 
I felt like going, oh my God, that's not right. But the fact that you guys did it and caught it beforehand and were able to make adjustments for it, I mean, that says a ton for being able to, you know, fix it in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So know your pre-fire. <laughs> he was able to pull from his batch to find that. I mean, can you imagine if you would have sourced Meteor Storm for a Skywars show oh, or for no. a big venue show? And oh, oh my God. 40 oh, seconds I, longer I can't than it was supposed to. <laughs> do, you, do you seriously want to know? I can't, oh, I can't say it. Let her rip, man. Yeah. No, no. You're, you're cutting. I didn't know that. F*** you. No, no. Uh, that's a conversation in person (laughs) I don't set that trap I don't trust your ass (laughs) I love you I trust you footnote Uh, that way Okay. All right. After 2020 in this heart of fire, some of the pyros were like, hey, it seemed like the display in spots was a little out in front of where the music was. And that's that was 100% deliberate. And people are like, what did you set your pre-fire times at? And you know, normally when I set my pre-fire times, and I'm talking like global pre-fire times, because this is something that a lot of people don't take into don't take into effect. It was not a competition show. I wanted the heartbeat of that display to really be resonating with the general audience. One of the things that gets often overlooked is the time it takes for sound to travel to certain points on the field, right? A lot of times when we're doing these hobbyist backyard pyro musicals and things like that, we have sound systems and the sound systems are relatively close to or completely negligible distance away from your audience where it doesn't take a long time for sound to travel and hit their ears. (laughs) Well, you guys bake your offset pre-fire time into your actual effects or do you more or less go about it with like a global approach where you'll pretty much set everything to a point where you know this is where you want it to ignite and then do your offsets after the fact. So for me, it's right where I want it and then I offset from there. Because at least I know I'm directly where I need to be. I know what my product will be and I know it's pre-fire time for it. Yeah. From what I've tested. And it does change, like Jamie said. Jamie, how do you usually go about it? For me, I'll uh, I'll typically take the one hundred percent reliant on Ed's pre-fire times for the Dominator library. <laughs> Based on that, I will change it <laughs> depending on what I'm using it for. Um, so, case in point, let's take a finale cake. You know, the pre-fire time on a finale cake is, I believe, one point nine. Uh, just general settings. That's based on the shell. A lot of times in that particular cake, I want to enunciate the mines before the shells. Well, at that point, I will either move it on the timeline or if I'm repetitively using that particular effect, I'll create you know a different pre-fire time of 0.2 or 0 or whatever the situation is calling for. And I'll fine-tune it on the timeline for a visual experience. But um, it depends on what I'm using. If I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on that shell then I'll use what, you know, the 1.91. But if I'm wanting to enunciate the mines on, on, on the, on the take, then I'll adjust that. One shots. I think around about pre-fire time that's often discussed 
and this is almost discussed ad nauseum on a lot of the Facebook groups, is probably a 0.2 second pre-fire time. It's always a good general place to start across the board. But to a degree, like you said, I mean, you need to figure out what you're trying to emphasize in the grand scheme of the effect, right? Just because you hit a beat, trying to make it look like, boom, 16th notes across the board is just farting out mine after mine after mine. That's cool. I mean, you've achieved that with your pre-fire time and, and how it looks in context with what you're doing. But if you're trying to emphasize a part of the effect that isn't necessarily the ignition of that effect, then you know you have to be strategic about where you put that ignition point in the grand scheme of things. Are you talking shells? Uh, really, with that one, I was talking single shots. Shells would be shells oh, are actually kind of okay. I got what you're saying. No, no, okay, sorry, 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 totally. Yeah, but like with with shells, I think it's a little shells are a little different. Shells I mean, can be different based on the effect. I mean, if there's a delay effect on a shell. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think you were start, you were, so are you talking like for a single shot that's a comet, but it also breaks to a, a cross set? I try to find spots for that kind of stuff where you could potentially be emphasizing the break. both, yeah, both yep. pieces of the effect, right? You know, because you're 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 technically trying to find spots where you can do clever little things where you're emphasizing a rising effect, but at the same time, you have to worry about where that shell is going to hit. Now, um, uh, it was Dan from Spirit of Seventy Six. This was many years ago. I think this was when I was sourcing the show from from spirit, the lake show, maybe the second year we were talking about shell pre-fire times. And, you know, he said something that kind of really resonated with me then, um, which was, you know, shells are a little bit of a different story um, on site because you're going to have the percussive element that always throws people's ears off when it comes to the shell breaking in tandem with the music at venues like sky wars. It's awesome because you have such a huge wall of sound in front of you in the sound system that you really do get kind of immersed and, and thrown into the music and the percussive element of the fireworks is kind of like an afterthought you hear it. But you know what Dan said um, when we were talking about shells and pre-fire times was if you break them before your emphasis point, right? If you're trying to emphasize a beat on your timeline and you break it before that point, Sometimes you you got a, more, a little more leeway to get away with things because you still have the blooming effect of the shell and those stars burning as the shell blooms, which is totally true. You know, at the time I, I'd never even thought about it. I was that was still a point in you know my pyro journey where I was trying to break stuff dead nuts on, and you know you can only get uh, you can only get so accurate with one four period. Um, but even the proline stuff, you know, it's it's not still not super accurate in terms of the time fuse. I mean, everything is cut just a little differently and then it differs from batch to batch. But, you know, something that you can always keep in the back of your mind is if you can try to break that shell behind your point of emphasis, then you're still going to have, you know, a, a second or two to emphasize the, the shell breaking over top of that point. So it just, it really depends on kind of the flow you're, you're going for. I think both of you guys, you know, watching your previous work the last couple of years, you guys do a really good job with one, four shells. What's your take in your philosophy? Testing. <laughs> That's the only way to get it batch to batch. That's actually kind of funny. 
you bring up pre-fires on getting those kind of hits. Something that's going to be hard for me this year is sourcing product that just came in and the product that I know that exists and what it is and what year it was made and knowing there's a difference between the two of them. So now during setup, I have to make sure, or during um, labeling, I have to make sure that I get the right one for the right year for that specific part. Does that make sense? Or for that section. So that's going to be a disaster. That's intense. And it sounds like you're going to lose sleep over that. I'm sorry to hear it. (laughs) I am. Jamie, how do you approach uh, shelf pre-fire times? I just wing it. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> God wills it. You do exactly what I do. Don't lie. I'll test. call you in the summer. What are you doing? I'm in, I hey man, let me call you back. It's getting late. And I got like 10 minutes to shoot this off and I got to go. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. So, I'm freaking out because the uh, I just can't get this module to connect. I just got to yeah. shoot this one shell, man. Hey, what does yeah. it mean? Error to. Before 10 p.m. Before the neighbors get upset, I just need to see what it does. So no, I'll I'll do the exact same thing. I'll test, and I'll typically put the um, once I get my pre-fire time set up and my lift time and things like that. I actually, like you said, I'll put the shell just a little bit before um, that fancy word you used on the timeline of the burst, and uh, because, like you said, that shell does explode so your ears and your eyes, they just can't seem to catch things at the precise moment anyway. So it, it gives you that little bit of leeway. And most of the time my, my shells are, I'm pretty proud of my shells. I do a pretty good job on my shells. I think both of you guys do a stellar job with analysis of batch work kind of goes back to that, that, that batch thing where you're pulling product from a batch that you know that you have on hand to send up just so you can see what you got, you know, see what you have to work with for that particular show. That's something that, unless there's something that really, really perplexes me, I'll normally not do that. I'll rely on videos or video that I have from previous batches of the same product that I have. I mean, I'll, I'll usually not go to, to that length. So kudos to, to both of you. (laughs) He laughed. No, no, there's no. I just got one of the 62s that I had were all from the same year batches. So that was what made it perfect. You remember when uh, when David was telling us when he shot that that show for about the the 62 batches that came in and they were all that was fun. Yeah. I mean, well, that's true. I mean, you experience it with stuff and I kind of feel like I've dodged a bullet, especially knowing you two. Well, if I hadn't <laughs> tested those shells based on AJ saying, hey, double check these, I would have <laughs> shot those variegated shells on a four by eight board with 371 cues and it would have exploded right in the middle of 62 shells. That would have been a very bad display. Well, or it would have been very really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might have been a lot of running. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm trying to think if there's anything that we haven't necessarily covered for pre-fire times. I think we we've talked about single shots and the emphasis points of single shots for shells. Will you append your um, your pre? I don't even know how to define this particular. You know, when when we say the group says 
0.2 second pre-fire times. Good place to start across the board for single shots and things like that. Will you guys bake that into your shells as well? No. No, I don't. No, okay. I never even thought about it till you said that, but it made me. Doesn't it make your head explode? Well, yeah, because I, I don't do it with shells that have tails. I never add that in there too. I just set up the fire time for the break time that I want. Yeah, right. And, and that's exactly and, what I'd done too. Like Jamie, Jamie like completely tripped up my freaking brain when yeah. we were talking earlier. I do it based that. on what effect I'm using, but I don't have to do it that way either. So I can do it off the shells. So let's just say the shell's two seconds and it has a tail. I'll set the, you know, the pre-fire time at two seconds. And then on the timeline, I'll just move to the point zero mark on the line. So I know, okay, the tail's coming off there. Now this is going to work differently for somebody that's working off of say, uh, Cobra Shower Creator that doesn't have a video aspect to it. So they really got to dive into the pre-fires, whether they're wanting to affect on the on the on the tail or the mine that comes off before a shell. But you don't have to change it. You just need to adjust it where you place it if you're enunciating the tail or the shell. Um if you're want to be really particular like me and AJ, you've got to test. If you just want to get general ideals and you want to be good enough to the normal eye or the normal ear, you can go off of a pre-fire bake time. It just you need to enunciate whatever effect you're trying to do, the shell or the or the tail or comet. Yeah. When we were talking about this this afternoon, Jamie, when we were I was like, holy, holy hell. <laughs> Bringing up pre-fire times. I think this is a uh, this is probably a good this is probably a good conversation to have. <clears throat> yeah. And it's, I'm going to go back and actually watch a few of my shows where I know I broke the shells. <laughs> I them, and I'm going to see what those tails are doing. And, and I'm, I've never watching the videos. I go, why is that like that? And then, well, and it's, it, it's like, my mind didn't even catch that. No. Like, yeah. I, you don't, you don't think about it because I think cause maybe, maybe inside visually and while we're doing it, it's uh, that shell. We know we use a tail because we have a beat there that we can use. Yeah. That is, it, there's something else going on, but it's going off with that or kind of, or yeah. it's, or now it's you got uh, the visual simulation that, that really helps too. Yeah. 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 Well, and then that's I mean, what it is too. The visual that. simulations, you know, you can bake in a certain aspect of ran randomness into those shells, which is great because it, it more or less simulates what well, actually you know, the, the Delta in real life of, where those breaks are going to occur. But I mean, for me, what's really, what really trips me up is we spend so much time as a community even. And I guess like uh, just a lot of the people that I talk to, everybody's like, Oh, you know, what do you emphasize your one shots with? And it's like, you know, when you tell them what you emphasize the one shots with, and as far as pre-fire time to make sure that when you're watching that display, everything is hitting where it needs to hit. And so it appears like it's going off in time. We put shells on the timeline to emphasize the same kinds of points that we do. Um, one shots, right? So it just, what tripped me up in that conversation with Jamie was like, holy shit, this is, it's all relative to yeah. the same thing, right? So why in the world would we not bake in that same pre-fire? Because if it's all relative to that firing system pre-fire time that it takes to perceive the effect coming out when it is supposed to be perceived coming out, whether it has a rising tail or it doesn't, right? That pre-fire time is still relative to the rest of the show, 
right? It should hold the exact same, I, I don't know, for the lack of better terms, scientific principle of, um, you know, time delay that the one shots are experiencing as well, which is yeah. crazy. So I think that's, that's something that I think I'm probably going to wind up doing going I, like not only in my own personal libraries, but in all the stuff that I put up on the d- designer's desk store for the premium finale 3d Sims. Hold right. on, I'm actually looking something up real quick. Cause I'm kind of curious how I did something. It's like when I did my Who's- board for Octob last year, last year on, I took dragon strike apart and actually used the shells individually out of the cake and they were uh, glittering strobes to, to comets. And I actually uh, created the sim based on the, the tails. And yeah. on, on Zom, I, I had the tails coming up. On B, the shells were bursting. And I was basing that off of, off of the 0.2 second pre-fire time and making a slight adjustment once I got it up there. To, to account for the shell because I had a little bit more leeway with the shell uh, burst on yeah. the B. And that's how I actually did the the dragon strike shells. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, dude, you you actually got those um what are those what are those comments that are all the rage these last year or two? The cross uh, the cross no, no, it's the the ones that uh, American had them for a while and Marcus Marcus over at Fireworks Forever came out with one this year. I don't oh, think sky Jamie comets. Got it. Sky comet. That's oh. it. Yeah. But that's a shell. I mean, that yeah. right there's a shell because there's no tail going up, and you got burst it. But yeah, but it's, it's one of the, it's a yeah, it's one of those it effects on that point. you're you're almost using it as you're you're trying to like I, I can't find another way in the sky. And yeah, right. Shy of on nuts. Yeah. Shy of putting, you know, a, a hundred of those things up or just like, you know, completely stepping those as you go, which I'm sure you could do to create, you know, sections of music that are like really open and really, you know, like really kind of free flowing. And you, you want to give people the vibe that things are really kind of opening up and are free flowing. Sure. Shoot the cake as a, as a full cake, if that's right. the effect that you're going for. But I mean, like when I watched those at uh, Octoblast and I think, didn't you use them at, uh, used them at pots too last year, didn't you? That's my number one effect. I love it. Dude, your understanding of the timing of that effect was so dead nuts on. It was impressive as hell because I remember seeing those. And even when we were, um, even in Octoblast, like watching the four by eight board competition, just crazy how dead nuts on your effect was with the music. And I'm talking every single insert. So that, I mean, that was a testament to the way the product was manufactured. So, I mean, obviously, you know, you knew your batch, but you knew your lift times, you knew your pre-fire times, and then you nailed it because every, I think every single one of those was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It was impressive. I didn't think you you could do that with that kick. Thank you. (laughs) To be honest with you. Because usually, like consumer cakes inserts, they're not as reliable as shells. Yep, like I agree with that one hundred percent. Yep. So, like you said, it's yeah, those are it, tough. Like you said, it's everything you just said. Having tested your product and knowing that product, and the manufacturer who did a very good job putting it together. <laughs> <laughs> Take note, other vendors, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or manufacturers. All right. So, uh, anything else you guys think that we missed when it comes to pre-fire times? I think that's pretty much it. 
You know, you can make it as advanced as you want and as perfect as you want, or you can be, you know, basic. You can get pre-baked pre-fire times in, in your, in your sims and, you know, things like that. So it just depends on how advanced you want to be and how perfect you want to be. That's right, baby. That's why everyone should head over to bozy8823.com forward slash designers desk and check out the, uh, library of finale 3d simulations because it's absolutely asinine how much time i spend on analyzing 15 videos getting average lift times and baking in uh appropriate burn times because you're only ever as good as your interpretation of what you have in your visualization software i think everybody spends so much time in front of the viz software you know looking at the visualization and then they go and watch their show and they're like oh okay well this kind of sucked in spots right and because i i think a lot of those and i'm not not discounting the factory libraries at all i mean those guys i i cannot imagine I can't imagine how much, you know, I like I'd be I'd probably be pissed if I had an entire library of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of products that I had to go in and and do. Like thankfully with the designer's desk project, like I, I want to go out and grab stuff that I, I knew that I used, but I knew that, you know, at at large, the the community that we reside in, the small community of, you know, like gung-ho pyro designers and hobbyists guys that really like i know the effects that, that people use and i know the effects that i use i want to go in and, and grab that stuff and and try to you know find cool easy ways to to emphasize the stuff that we do use quite a bit so i mean that's that's really what that that outlet exists for um but yeah with that said i think we're done uh stop talking about it I'm talking about it. <laughs> Did I hear a question mark at the end of that? What are we talking about? Okay. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> we're done. Dude, that's, that's, uh, that's how this all goes. You know, yeah, you uh-huh. say something, Bo's like, wait, was there a question mark there? It's- <laughs>